Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. Just rubbing two parents together kicks off the three-score and ten-year crisis of being alive. This program features the work of 2013 writer Dennis Caswell. Curator Stephanie Kalis sat down with him for an interview. I suppose I've always been a clown, um, which you learn to be when you're the youngest person in your family. About the only way you can compete is by becoming the family goofball. And I've always been a clown at school and interested in what makes people laugh. And when you laugh, that generally means you've heard something that's true. And so laughter is uh, largely my way of getting at the truth. I do go back and forth somewhat between formal and uh, freeform poetry. And I suppose the the form I spend most of my time in, if you want to call it a form, is what you might call the rant. It's just free verse that goes straight down the page with no stanza breaks. And it just attempts to kind of keep the pressure on the reader at all times. And sometimes I use stanza breaks largely as a matter of, of slowing things down. And it looks more like a song. So you're sending a cue to the reader, maybe subconsciously, that what they're about to read may be a little more lyrical than something that's just a block of text. Now we'll hear a selection from Dennis's live reading. So this first poem began as a simple desire to brag about my daughter, and it became a slightly more complicated desire to understand what was really going on when she did the thing she did. <laughs> the, uh, the title, by the way, is a coined word, which is intended to connote a baby-sized epiphany. Epiphanette. <laughs> Babies are just like people, without the opinions. At 15 months, my daughter presses her palms to either side of her face, pushing inward and forward, shuddering with exertion before she announces, I cannot take my face off. It's stuck. <laughs> and I get to watch as her carefree cognitive tumbleweed is struck by the SUV of enlightenment, <laughs> being still baby receptive to the fairy godmother magic wand boink of epiphany. La 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 sings her puffball brain as it bobs on the breeze of her senses. Or that's how it looks from the patch of ground I've dug myself into, stuck to my root ball of views about social media, conceptual art, and the use of comprise. <laughs> now she braces the heels of her hands under each side of her jaw and pushes straight up. Her conclusion my head is stuck, too. <laughs> Already, she baby knows. A dance you learn, the dancer you're stuck to. Meanwhile, my mother comes more and more unstuck from the sticky note balaclava of knowledge and memory that once made her brain a grown-up brain. One by one, the engrams detach and zip off into infinity, spastically flapping like butterflies caught in senility's hurricane headwind, a parody of a dance, while my daughter, all dancer, takes her first position. 
she's all grown up now, and she's actually here. So I should probably say that uh, this next poem isn't really about you. It may sound like it, but it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about your sister either. <laughs> One kind of leaf. On attaining adulthood, the free-swimming juvenile sea squirt sticks itself to a rock, from whence it shall never be cloven and eats its own brains. <laughs> Having solved a sea squirt's one conundrum, which rock is my rock? So all that remains is a mindless blur of feeding and breeding. Just like all of us, if you can believe the TV shows my teenage daughters prefer. <laughs> A world where the young are the radioactive fuel that powers the universe with heat that will last 10,000 years, and adults are a kind of residue. <laughs> the waste no one wants in their backyard. As if growing up amounted to backward metamorphosis, you give up your wings, your colors, your nectar, and sink into wormhood, spending each day chewing one kind of leaf. WTF, wouldn't a guy like Emerson say, if he saw us using our 21st century pharmacological gift of New Year's to prolong adolescence? Just think of all the extra work I'm going to get done with my new longer lifespan, we don't ever say. Now I can put off having those stupid kids till I'm 40 is more like it. <laughs> Stephen Hawking did all his most famous physics after his diagnosis. So does growing up mean getting your diagnosis and believing it? Not distance from birth, but from death. Most medieval children were more grown up than I am. That's the kind of leaf we all get to chew on, and yes, boys and girls, there's only one kind. And now it's time to go to the land of make-believe, where no one watches TV and I can get some work done. <laughs> this next poem is named after the remote manipulation devices that scientists sometimes use to manipulate objects at a distance without touching them because they're very hot or they're very radioactive or whatever. Those devices are sometimes called Waldos. And this poem is called Waldogasm. O oh, love, dread not the miles that lie between us, for the Tokyo University of Electrocommunications is working on a gizmo you can kiss. It turns the movement and the pressure of your lips and tongue to numbers, sends those numbers down the wires that more and more connect us as pheromones do the ants to my compatible robo-busser. <laughs> reconstitutes your kiss against my kissing parts, and likewise teleosculates my kissing back to you. And while it seems a slender straw to suck you through, no scent, no hands, no rubbing noses or ballet of pressing breasts and hips, I will still know that it is truly you I'm feeling on the other side of that too-thick, opaque electro-condom, and since numbers can be stored, 
We can record our favorite kisses, play them back on lonely nights when we're in different time zones, and who knows, someday those guys in Tokyo might invent full-body robots that can sense, transmit, and reenact our every movement, secreting all the needful musks from hidden reservoirs. When I canoodle robot you in Fresno, robot me will synchro-noodle real-life you in Terre Haute. <laughs> and I suppose the world's top prostitutes will be made instant billionaires recording and retailing their techniques, and stolen files of supermodel cybersex will clog the internet. But you and I, my love, will have no need of such divertissements. We will be true to one another. The four of us. <laughs> You'll always be the only sexy robot ant for me. And when I see you in real life, we'll let the robots watch. <laughs> and I will leave you with a toast. Kinsey reports interviewing a woman who could be brought to orgasm by having her eyebrow stroked. Just like teenage me, who could, with similar ease, be brought to a crisis of paranoid self-loathing. But unlike North Korea, which makes lots of noise, but is probably faking. <laughs> Wherever your eyebrows are, whatever they kindle in you, here's to the pressure, the bursting. Just rubbing two parents together kicks off the three-score and ten-year crisis of being alive. Concocted, confected, fermented, decanted, insert verb here, from some strain of crisis yeast, respiring a fizz of calamity bubbles that rise and rupture and pummel our tongues awake. So here's to the nucleation points, the sparkle, the spume. And when the whole potation starts to go flat, here's to giving the bottle a knock to see if it's still got some gas. Thank you. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production. The 2013 curator of this program is Stephanie Kalis. This episode of Sound Pages was produced by Mo Preventure. Recording engineers are CJ Lazenby, Tom Stiles, Mo Preventure, and Steve DeTori. Narrator is Christine Brown. And executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. Theme music by the Seattle Jazz Composers Ensemble, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>